Hi, everyone. You're listening to In the Open, a podcast by Mental Health America, where we talk all things mental health related. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. I'm here with America. Hi, everybody. And today we're going to talk about I hate things about my family. Yeah. Why is this mental health related? (laughs) I think it's mental health related because there is a struggle that I have experienced around hating, not just things about my family, but hating specific characteristics of family and friends and having to navigate how you still can love them, have them in your life, but still hate specific aspects of their personality or whatever. Hate is an emotional space. (laughs) We all hate things. (laughs) I also think that people with mental health challenges often come from, I mean, trauma and mental health are deeply connected, right? So if you grow up in a traumatic environment, it also, I think we can feel emotionally reactive to things. And this Mm -hmm. includes really reactive to the emotional feeling of hate or the way we can get agitated with people around us. But I often wonder as someone who struggles with a mental health condition, if I hate people differently from someone who doesn't have mental health problems. But I don't think that's true. I just think that when I'm in the middle of an episode, that's when I especially feel emotionally reactive. Otherwise, when I'm at baseline, I hate people just like you do. When you're at baseline. Wow. This went everywhere. Because when I hear you say, like, um, you can be emotionally reactive, like, I totally get that. And the struggle that exists for me is, like, how you can maybe hit pause on that emotional reactivity in that moment. And then I would imagine that if you're not in a good headspace, right, emotionally, whatever, you are, it's easier for you to, like, click on and be much more emotionally reactive than when you're not. So yeah, I could I could make the argument for that. So when you think about hating things about your family, what comes to mind? Uh, what comes to mind are specific personality traits that kind of don't vibe with my own. And because they're a family, well, I, I'm going to say I have to, but I don't really have to. But I am inclined to have them in my life. And I want them in my life, but I just want to know how to actually navigate stuff. For example, Mm -hmm. there are some folks in my family, because I come from Bolivia, um, and our culture is much more traditional, right? For some of them, anything that has to do with gender identity, gender fluidity, homosexuality, they're unable to process that. So they can have very negative feelings around it. And if they vocalize those feelings, I'm kind of like, because I'm not at all in any way negative about it. I'm like, that has nothing to do with you. That person is just living their life, you know? Um, That's one thing. Okay, that's interesting because you thought about topics that we call like untouched topics. Like, I agree that I'm going to have you in my life. But if we're going to be together, we just can't talk about these things. I definitely have that. Yeah. And then I have these moments of like explosive anger where even someone as so close to me who I adore, like my husband or my children, they can do these things. And I have to ask myself, like, 
what is it about what you just did that makes me want to punch a wall? Like, what are you triggering (laughs) right now? (laughs) So I also thought of that. Like, oh, you know, these intense moments where you're like, I hate whatever you just did right now so bad, but I can't like just leave you. So instead I'm going to Google, I hate X. (laughs) Okay. So you're saying this and I can think of very distinct moments. And this was just recent because somebody said something about immigration at um, a gathering Mm. and around like ensuring that no more immigrants get into the country or whatever. They were directing this conversation to me. And then I was just like, in my head, I was just like, did you just literally bring this subject up to me? Do you not know that I'm an immigrant? So like microaggressions. Yeah. So, uh, I had to like take a breath. I literally remember to take a breath. And I said, do you actually want to engage in this conversation with me? Or should we just not talk about this? Cause I don't think I'm in agreement with you. And they were like, they were taken aback by my response. Yeah. Cause I think they wanted to engage, you know, like full on. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm not letting you mess up my day because I already know it's not going to go anywhere. This is your family? It's in my family. And it's also like, I would say more extended family. Yeah. And but they're but still family. close to you. You just can't abandon them. Because I think that's yes. the problem, right? Like <laughs> if it's a stranger, you're like, peace, buddy. Or you're like willing to say something like super aggressive because you know you're going to run away from this person. But with family who you hate, there's that extra burden of like, how do I respond to this person to keep the peace? Or ugh, like, you know, you can't run away from them. Right. I know I'm going to have other interactions. It's not like I can completely X this person out of my life, which I am totally fine doing in many other instances. But within like a family dynamic especially my type of family, which is very, you know, it's not just the immediate family that I'm dealing with. It's really extended family at all times. That's harder to navigate because then, you know, I go back to all of our training tools and our resources where you're like, nobody can make you feel anything, right? Yeah. You have power to feel what you feel. And I'm like, no, I don't. Okay, well, we have to talk about this because I realizing as you talk that the way I we do not have control over what people say or do. We do have the choice whether we surround ourselves around that toxic negativity. We also have different coping mechanisms to deal with that blast when it comes at your face, right? And I'm listening to you and I realize that my only coping skill that I have is pure avoidance, but it's not physical avoidance. I think I've learned from childhood that I basically continue to exist in the space that these people are in, but I shut my brain down or I numb myself and I emotionally avoid thinking about anything that they're saying because it's too painful to let them into the emotional zone. I can't even get to like, I'm angry at you. I realize as you're talking to me, when that hate and potential for hate enters, I don't even allow myself to go to hatred because hatred is the next step to 
what you're describing, like, oh, I'm going to start thinking about how you, I hate you and how you've hurt me and blah, blah, blah and why we shouldn't even be family. <laughs> and like, for me, I think I realized, whoa, I, I realize I only allow myself to hate people who are even safe enough to let me hate them. You know what mm. I mean? Like I, because being able to express anger to someone requires some degree of safety. Yes. Oh, oh my God. That's oh a really God. good point. <laughs> I totally feel what you just said, yo. I know. I'm just realizing right now. And I was like, oh my God. So the fact that I can actively say to my husband, for example, like, I'm so angry at you and I hate this, that you did this. I can even only say that to him because I feel safe enough because I've been in situations where I didn't even feel safe enough to say that to other people. And I realized the only coping mechanism at that point is to avoid and to shut down and to protect. If I'm having that reaction, that's a pretty good sign of like a, to a super toxic relationship, <laughs> right? Man. So like, <sighs> I'm going to sit here in this moment to say, wow, you know, if I can feel hate, maybe that means that I, I even love you in some way that or I'm not close enough to you. Oh, okay, okay. No, but let me... Oh, okay. I have to dig this out for a minute. I think in my experience, because I am much more intentional about surrounding myself with people that align with my beliefs and things like that, right? And also my kind of external way that I function in the world, like do good for other people, you know, like that kind of thinking. When somebody that I love doesn't do that, doesn't live their way that way, or, you know, maybe unintentionally even in some way causes hurt to somebody else. I feel so disappointed that they would engage in that behavior that I am like completely like disappointed and hurt by the fact that they would even not take into account like my, my beliefs how I live my life and all that. So in part, it's because of me, right? Like how I would want them to operate. Hear about you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also part of it is I, I love you so much and I know you can do better and mm -hmm. be better, but you're, you're making the choice to not be better. Yeah. Or, and you're hurting me in this way that hurts so yeah. much more because I care about you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we would feel such a strong feeling as rage or hate if we didn't feel hurt. Yes. Because apathy or fear just results in avoidance or not caring, right? Like that, yes. whatever. So hate as a strong feeling requires hurt. And people only hurt you if you care about them. Which is why we sometimes tell people like, look, if you hate someone so bad and you start to realize like this is bad for you, you should just stop caring about that person so much. Like that is one of your choices you have. You can not care, not care about what they're saying or not care about that person because that that's part of the hurt cycle, right? Like yes. we're giving yes. that person power to hurt us in that way. I think parts of what we say in our minds to justify it is like helps us to reduce that hurt because of the expectation that you're describing that like, I care about you and I want you to be this better person or like, I expect you not to hurt me in that way. And like, these are all the ways that we negotiate those feelings to feel less hurt. Like, oh, they don't know better or I mean, like, right. So for me, like, yeah, definitely. I think part of it is um, if I come to you, Teresa, and say, Teresa, you know, 
when you make homophobic statements, it's really hurtful to me because there are many people that I love that are actually identify as gay, lesbian, whatever. Yeah. And then you go out and say some stupid thing and I'm right there and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. You're not taking my feelings into account. Yeah. Oh, the the the, the continued assault builds hate and anger because yeah. yeah, you your family then knows that you care about it and oh, we all have family like this. They choose to continue to do the thing that you know they know hurts you. Yeah. Even in the case of this other example that I was talking about immigration, you know, like at one point I was like in my head I was like, are you like completely stupid and ignorant of the fact that, you know, 90% of the people in this room are immigrants. Like, that's where I was just like, breathe. Okay. Yeah. And then the person that was trying to talk to me, they said, well, no, we can just have a conversation. And I was like, no. And I, and I, and I did say that to them. I was like, I think you should be aware of the fact that before you begin any conversation with me, I myself and I'm immigrant. So my beliefs around this are very set. Yeah. And then they were like, uh, and then just change the conversation to something else. I was like, okay. Good for you for confronting. Yeah. I was just like, I'm not dealing with this. Because for me in that moment, I was like, if you ever bring this thing up again, you already know. I've already said to you this. Yeah. So it's hard though, man. It's hard navigating those spaces. And every time you say something out loud, you put yourself at more risk because, you know, I said I'm an avoider and part of the avoidance does protect me from not being consistently hurt. Like I can't let them know that that bugs me because if they're going to do that, <laughs> it's just way yeah. better for me to walk away and not be like, and then have hateful thoughts in my mind or whatever and just be like, but not but are, let it rile me up. Those are like very trauma responses, right? Where And with you, your avoidance is like you check out. Boop, boop. Yep. Teresa's thinking Bye. about cupcakes and unicorns, whatever, right? <laughs> and I I don't have that. So I take things I take things in. Uh-huh. And and even if I'm not part of the media conversation and I hear something, I'm just like, ah. Oh. Mm. I put a flag like, I gotta remember that because I don't I don't ever want to engage in that conversation. Or or I had another situation where another family member was talking about like all the race stuff that happened last year. Yeah. All those things were really important. You know, like I know, I know where I stand on these things. And then they were negating these experiences from last year. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't. And then I was just like, <laughs> you know what? I said, we should change the subject because we're not going to agree on this. And they were like, no, we can talk about it. And I was like, no. And and for me, that was just the safest thing. And I was just like, we're going to avoid this subject altogether. Like you said at the beginning, right? Like you make that conscious decision. Yeah. Micro moments, you know, and how much every day of your past history, like gives, shapes the way you enter into these heated conversations. Mm hmm you don't do the numbing thing. It's just mind blowing to me. Like, so then you engage, which helps me understand. I have people in my life who haven't experienced trauma and they do get worked up and it makes them a good advocate because they're like, oh, fight for this. Like, and I'm like, how do you have the energy to do that? <laughs> 
why are you why are you getting so mad and they're like why aren't you mad and i used to just think oh i guess it's because like my personality i don't know why you get mad i'm like now you're basically telling me like the reason why i don't get mad is because my brain has been trained yeah to protect myself by not getting mad you know which is like a weird gift but also a curse i don't know yeah yeah i'm following you because uh, I think if if people if you like did a survey of what people thought of me they would be they would be the they say you know like I get fired up about stuff yeah and for many people it may, it may seem like it's a small thing but for me it's a big deal yeah because I've had personal experience with that and and like a perfect example of that is like the fact that I'm named America right so. Mm. My entire life, I've had people, oh, you're, you know, all this stuff about my name. And sometimes they mispronounce my name. Sometimes they make up another name. So I, I try very hard to not only learn how to pronounce a person's name, call them how they want to be called, you know. And then when I make introductions, also make sure that it's like, it's not Annabelle, it's Annabelle, you know, whatever the hell. So for somebody to be like, somebody would be like, why, uh, why are you so stressed about how somebody says your name? You're like, actually, it makes a difference. It makes a difference how you're received and all that. Okay, the, you can have a myriad of reactions, obviously. How do you bring yourself down from these moments? We got to talk about that. I need, I need time and space, yo. In that moment, though, what do you do? Oh, in that because moment, I, I, like, lose it. I I, I, <laughs> I do, like. So you're, you're, that's true. So you, you can't not say something, it sounds like. Yeah, man. It's very hard for me to shut up. <laughs> so <sighs> I feel the need to say something. And especially if it's a, if it's a situation that's, like, be aware of your surroundings, right? So that I just like, oh, I'm going to have to say it. Then are other times when I, and I do make the decision, like I'm going to create this, a better barrier. So you understand, like you can't engage with me in this way. But mm-hmm. the harder part is getting super angry about not being, not feeling like I've been heard and taking my, my vision, my whatever is accepted and taken into account, right? Like, oh, I totally hear you. I shouldn't use homophobic slurs. Thanks so much. You've heard me, right? You know, like that. Yeah. So I don't automatically respond. I realize that I don't automatically respond because, yeah, I am a runner, not a fighter. (laughs) That's not, but that doesn't mean I'm not fighting in my head with the feelings because we all have big feelings. But I learned this trick and I use it all the time. And I think we've shared it as part of our resources, but you're like, it's basically like part of CBT slash I draw mine specifically from NVCI. I feel like we've talked about this, but you're like, I have to tell myself to bring myself down from bad, negative emotional spaces. Be like, what happened? What did they say? How did it make you feel? And what do you need right now? And then with a hurtful situation, sometimes I will, but often I won't get to like, what do I need from that person? Because in a hateful situation, I'll be like, I, they said this, I feel angry and I need to just step away. You do that in the moment? Yeah. Man, that's power. I, because I've practiced it. And now I will say though, that it's not a perfect situation, obviously. It's the hardest with the people I love the most 
because there's that elevated expectation of hurt. So with my husband, Mm -hmm. so much harder to breathe and step back. With my brother-in-law, I've been trained up. I'm Mm -hmm. better to do it. But I have fewer expectations of that person. (laughs) I don't, I've learned to disengage, like go step away and just process it later. That person's not going to change. Don't even, don't even let this person fill up that mental space right now. So I've, I've been from years trained, but when you, it's unexpected, like when your husband or your partner or your person hurts you and it's unexpected, that's like an extra layer of response to something that you hate in that moment. And so it's harder because you're like, oh, uh, this is new. Why are you doing this? I hate that you did this. And we talked about this and blah, 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 you know? And then, yeah. and then with my partner, if it's like the 10th time at that point, it's like, oh, I hate that you do this, but I've asked you for 50 times to put the remote control back. This is what he asked me. I've asked you 50 times to put the remote control back where it belongs. And I'm, and then at some point they just you just gotta let go. You're like, uh, so I gotta get, give up this thing that I hate so much. You're never gonna change. You're never gonna do the thing that I've asked you to do. And I think that's what relationships can look like, where you're like compromise. Like that's the process of going from hating your partner to compromising with your partner. <laughs> it's like, yeah, one person does let go of the hate and the emotional reaction. <laughs> that's where that's where I think my head goes. Uh, you know, my thoughts are around this idea. Like, when you've gotten to this place, like this person's not going to change. They are not capable of doing that. You then have to make a choice, right? I either accept. The fact that they're not going to change and can I live with it, right? Because I'm the one that's going to have to put up with it. Or I'm like, I'm never going to have to see you again because this relationship is over, (laughs) which is not likely, right? So the other side is you really accepting and coming to terms with accepting that and knowing how to create a buffer for future situations so that if it comes up again, you're like, oh, here's the flag. I'm going to go and now process by myself, go, you know, walk away, whatever you need so that you're just like, I'm not going to get to this place where I want to hit you in the head for saying this stupid thing. Yeah. Big feelings require lots of processing. Yeah. There are a lot of things to hate about being in connection with people. You can't, I think it's normal to feel hate. So if you're like, why do I hate these things? And is this a sign of bad relationships that is an answer to answer with with like other friends because there's a level where you're like okay well you hate so many things yeah that's probably a sign like a red flag but it's pretty normal to also have a lot of big feelings including hatred with the people who are closest to you it's part of navigating relationships i love what you said that though you know when you said you can only hate if you love as well in that space that deeply yeah. It, there's a connection there. Thank you for that. Yeah. I don't think I realize that either. And I have to sit with that and go, oh, because it does help you kind of reshape the way you see these like intense emotional experiences with your loved one, right? Like it's like, I do think that sometimes in my marriage, I'm like, I guess the alternative is that I could be totally dead inside and that would be pretty bad. Like that would be a sign that there was no love left in this relationship, you know? So, um, 
and then I and then I have to just ask myself like what am, what am I going to compromise here or like am I going to keep going and like put myself out there to say hey these things are risky for me and then with your partner you have to because like who else are you going to be genuine and open with and but the way that they respond to your hurt like says a lot about how they care about you mm-hmm. and those are things I think are important to discuss in a long-term relationship it's like well I'm gonna share this thing that really hurts my feelings and the way that you respond tells me whether or not you care about me whether or not you're safe or are you just gonna like keep not caring yeah or, and, and like and I have empathy for you that you've been trained up in this way so you're like being your own reactive but like are we gonna talk at all about the fact that this is going to be a problem and like are, is anybody gonna are we gonna talk about how we can change to be together and be good to one another like i think those are important conversations to have and a sign of a healthy relationship is the ability to navigate those relationships to move beyond the immediate emotional hurt and to go to the next place where you come together and you like recognize like oh that person is hurt and i love them and i want to try and make that better it's okay i'm sorry whoa sorry i i know i opened a can of worms but i think it it, for me it feels like it flows naturally and it's it's i I think those are such solid points that we forget when we're feeling our worst feelings yeah thank you everyone (laughs) we'll uh talk to you next week (laughs) keep on fighting in the open bye